Welcome back to the 411 Podcasting Network. I am your host, Larry Zonka, and this is episode 94 of the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. You can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, the411mania.com website, and any major podcasting platform. Please make sure to subscribe to our show, share us around on social media, hit the thumbs up and subscribe on YouTube as we would greatly appreciate it. Joining me this evening is my regular co-host, Steve Cook. Steve, how are you tonight, my friend? I'm doing fantastic and wonderful and all of the above, if you will, good sir, my brother. You are fired up tonight, Steve. I like that. Fired up! Fired up. We got a lot of uh, stuff going on tonight. A lot of uh, good, good old professional wrestling, some XT, some AEW heading to the uh, Revolution pay-per-view. Come on. Good sir. Yes, sir. You're right. That is right, Steve. Uh, tonight, we're going to hit our usual quick news roundup. We're going to review Dynamite. We're going to re- review NXT. And we're going to preview Saturday's AEW Revolution pay-per-view. Uh, yeah. So, uh, we have a loaded lineup tonight, as always. And uh, as, as I always like to say, we try to give you the most for investing your time. So, we're going to start off with the quick news and notes roundup for the evening, Steve. First of all, officially announced today... Lance Archer has signed a multi-year deal with All Elite Wrestling, something we had yes. speculated on following our rumors. And um, this is one of those cases, uh, unfortunately, New Japan's loss because they had, did not have him locked into a contract. And a possible big gain for AEW is Lance Archer is coming off what many believe to be the best year of his career. Had a killer G1 run, some good stuff in the New Japan Cup. Just a really good year overall. Really felt like he was... Coming into his own following a career of showing potential at times, but never quite getting there. And then obviously coming back from back surgery, heading towards age 43. He's looking better than ever, Steve. What are your thoughts on Lance Archer officially going to AEW? I like it. I like it because we've seen some guys before in the past. I think the one thing all elite wrestling needs right now is some hosses. Needs some big guys. Needs some guys kicking ass, taking names. And I think that Lance Archer is one of those guys. So I'm, I'm a big fan of signing. And, you know, you say about his age, you say about his, all this stuff going on, it sounds like a good deal to me all the way around. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I'm really happy for I like him. It. Again, I'm very surprised New Japan didn't lock him in coming off of that really strong year. And considering they're going to be trying to run like a bunch of U.S. shows, uh, the first swing didn't go that well attendance-wise, but, I mean, Lance is a guy based in the U.S. He's a guy you easily could have used on these shows. Was also a big part of promoting the Dallas event last year, so yeah. really surprised they dropped the ball on this one because, in my opinion, he was the monster that they wanted Bad Luck Fale to be. He was good in the <laughs> ring. He was a hossy dude. He could yeah. go with a wide variety of guys. He didn't have a bunch of shit matches like Fale. Uh, unfortunately, though, I mean, that's uh, that's going to be New Japan's loss. It's AEW's gain. I agree with you. Nothing wrong with locking in some hossy fellas. Um, yes. Word is on the Jeff Cobb thing, still not signed, but it appears that they're offering him a uh, a pseudo Moxley Jericho deal. Not, okay. not the big money, but the ability to possibly work New Japan in order to lock him in, which I think is smart if you can lock in Jeff Cobb. Anytime you can log in Jeff Cobb is a good idea to me. And as far as uh, as far as Lance Archer goes, I think that anytime you log him in is absolutely uh, <coughs> a good idea to me. 
I mean, anything you do with him is a good idea. It's good stuff, if you will. You and me remember back when Lance Archer, back in the day, when you were watching TNA, he was Dallas. Hanging out with Kid Cash. Yeah, you remember that? And then he got over by hanging out with the Impact Zone fans. I remember that. Oh, gosh. He bought them all beverages, and they got over, and it worked out. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay. He bought, allegedly, by Pierce. Pierce. You know, but, man, I got to tell you, when I saw this guy over the past couple years working with, uh, that match with him and Will Ospreay was fucking great. Oh, that was tremendous. That was an excellent professional wrestling match. They had a and great... Will, and uh, I thought that Lance Archer did, did a good job of writing in Will Ospreay to not do stupid shit. Right? Yeah, and the thing was, too, is they uh, actually had a great match before that in the New Japan Cup. The uh, the G1 match was even better. And, mm. um, yeah, I um, yeah, Lance, like I said, he had a run in the um, G1. Like, everything was at the very least good. Most of his stuff was very good. And, um, yeah, I mean, just Lance Hoyt just, uh, like I said, really great year last year. Really happy for the guy. He seems like a genuinely nice guy from uh, p- everything I've heard from people that inter- interact with him. I'm really happy that he's been able to come back after the back surgery, which, you know, granted, it, it, it was 2018, 2019, going into 2020 now, and a lot of medical advances and everything. But a lot of times a back injury – you know, that ends a lot of careers in sports because it does. it's just the whole core strength thing and the back possibly going out on you. But seeing him come back and having success like this and signing a deal with AEW, just really happy for the guy, really good story, and uh, kind of excited to see what he does. And they announced on Dynamite he debuts next week. And I know that when he debuts, everybody dies. That's right. Everybody dies. That's not like – I mean – you know, it's not like Tracy's mother's coming in. Like, you know, if I hear one more time, people say Tracy's mother sucks, everybody dies. I believe Lance Archer when he says it. Yes, he does. Yeah, I, he, I, do I believe as well. that. I believe that. <laughs> he I is, he is the murder hawk monster, Steve. Um, he's a crazy motherfucker. I love it. I like it, and it's we lost crazy things. We've heard some speculation about him possibly being the uh, exalted one. What do you think about that? Uh, I I don't think I don't think if he was going to be the exalted one that they would have announced his signing like this. Yeah, I hear that. That that's kind of the feeling I'm getting, and we'll talk about that more in the AEW review because oh, yeah. there was another teaser to the exalted one tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, so but that's on. another one guy, another guy throwing the fold there, another possible candidate. Definitely, I mean, I think you can throw yeah. him into the mix. Nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. Moving on to not directly pro wrestling, but pro wrestling related. It was reported today by MMA Junkie that Tito Ortiz's win over Alberto P- Patron <laughs> from Lord. the December MMA fight has been <laughs> overturned pending an investigation. The oh. always um, legit Texas Department of Licensing and Regulation oh. has yeah. overturned the victory, which saw Ortiz submit Patron by rear naked choke on December 8th. Um, Cavantes America is going to investigate this, and there is uh, now a no contest on both fighters' records, Steve. As if this thing wasn't a big clusterfuck as it is, it got even better. Who gives a fuck? Who cares? Let's. Who cares? I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I, I just find it funny. 
Yeah, I mean, it is pretty funny. And I know T.R. Trees was, was trying to go to WWE. He had T.R. Trees trying to get that uh, performance center contract. Where Who cares? Ah, good lord. Tito, Albert, I, I'm sorry. I just, I don't give a fuck. That's all right. Like I said, just found it funny. Yeah, uh, it's, fu- it's funny. Don't get me wrong. It's It's funny. But, man. So getting into something a little Ugh. more serious, it was announced today in light of recommendations made on February 26th by the Japanese Ministry of Health connected to the new coronavirus. New Japan Pro Wrestling has announced that they are canceling all live events scheduled between March 1st and Sunday, March 15th. Uh, more announcements uh, will be made. Tickets will be refunded. Now, this is really big because this not only includes the anniversary show, awesome. but it, it includes... Eight New Japan Cup events. That's a lot of events. But I was told that Donald Trump told me that the coronavirus is a big deal. That's why That's why I heard. That's why I was told. This is also president. the man that reminds me of the phrase, Steve, there's always a tweet. <laughs> because stock market dumped a thousand points today. And my I man, was told. My man know, Donald once you know, tweeted out. My good out, friend Donald Trump is what people tell me. You know? well, anyway. I was told. Our man Donald once tweeted out that if the stock market ever plunges a thousand points, the sitting president in office should be shot into the sun by a cannon. I wish, well, I wish, I wish we'd do that, but you know, uh, has Jim Cornette endorsed Donald Trump yet? I think it's going to happen at some point, right? I have no clue, Steve. I think it will because as much as Jim Cornette pretends to be a liberal, yeah. <laughs> He's very conservative in some ways. But, that's uh, all I'm saying about that. But you know, my gosh, that's that's a bad situation, and I feel bad for New, for New Japan. But at the same time, I'm not surprised because uh, once you heard about the virus, it's like, oh boy. Yeah. I I am not surprised bad as situation. well. Um, I know a lot of people were disappointed, obviously, because they were looking forward to the anniversary show with Naito and sure. Hiromu and the New Japan Cup. But yeah, um, well, good matches. But listen, I mean. I'm frustrated as well. I spent nine hours, no joke, working on anniversary show and complete New Japan Cup breakdown columns. Mm. And now I don't know if they're ever going to see the day of light, depending on what Probably happens. Not. Probably not. Yeah. So, <laughs> Maybe uh, later on. <laughs> little, little frustrated, but I do think the company obviously made the right call. You have to, public yeah. safety has to come first in this instance. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I'm just hoping. I mean, I know there's there's all kind of shit out there on it. It's hard to tell. Hopefully, they can start to rein this in. Obviously, a horrible situation. I felt that there was a possibility this was coming because I know Stardom canceled some shows. They were going to run a show with um, an empty arena in Cork and, and um, like broadcast yeah. it on YouTube or whatever. But um, people were taking uh, a lot of precautions. DDT is also canceled events. So... Everybody's taking this very seriously, and um, as they should, exactly. And obviously, an unfortunate situation. It is disappointing for fans, but again, you have to have some context here. The public safety is the most important thing. And like, if you saw the Nakanishi retirement show the, the other week, um, I've never seen so many um, surgical masks in Cork and Hall. I mean, I, I'll say shouldn't. I mean. You know, I know that President Donald Trump wants to tell us that, oh, it's okay, we're all fine, it'll be good, wait a couple months, oh, I'll be okay, you know, don't worry about it. Anytime there's a global disease, you, you gotta worry about that stuff, I'm sorry, I, I, you know, it's, 
It's, uh, I don't understand what our country's doing these days. I'm sorry. I don't understand. Neither do I, Steve. But yeah, I mean, I know we're going to Saudi Arabia to do a show on Thursday. I know. We got a big show. Hopefully Goldberg squashes Barry Wyatt. That's all I can say about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing I will hear from that show is that Goldberg squashes Barry Wyatt. I'll, I'll be happy. It's like, all right, good job, guys. <laughs> I, I said in my preview, I, I think I'm actually going to cackle like a villain in a movie if it happens. Yes, yes. So. Somebody, somebody wanted me to do a roundtable about this. Saudi shows like, no, I won't do that. No, that's not going to happen. So. No, I want to talk about the show. So yeah, and you know, you know how I feel about that. I you know, know how I feel. Yeah, it's which like, is you know, why I didn't ask you to preview it, man. I know that's not my. Yeah, exactly. You know, you can talk about Mark Radlich is all about that stuff. <laughs> so. But um, yeah. So again, unfortunate situation. Hopefully, they can uh start to rein things in. Just I mean, wrestling aside, man, it's just uh. This yeah. shit is, yeah. it no, feels like it's, it's starting good. to go crazy over there. And I just, uh, and they got the Olympics over there too. So it's going to be an interesting situation coming up here in a few months. They might have the Olympics over there. They uh, might. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> if things go downhill, who knows what will happen? Because I mean, the other thing to consider is just not the virus and the outbreak stuff going on, but, uh, there's eventually, if there's not already in place, there's going to start to be travel bans. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the Olympics could very well be fucked this year. We'll see what happens. I think uh, it's going to be a bad situation. Uh, I don't see it going too well for anybody involved, to be honest with you. But uh, you know what went pretty well tonight? What's that? Dynamite. We're going to get to that. Don't worry. Dynamite. I still got a couple more things, Steve. Relax. Okay, okay. So, uh, (laughs) after weeks of denying reports that he was suspended... WWE announced that Samoa Joe has been suspended by (laughs) violating the company's wellness policy, Steve. Oh, God. Um, God. So, first of all, thoughts on uh, Joe getting suspended? It is what it is. That's all I got. I know I I saw some people online on team.com and some people were like, Oh, my God, I can't believe Samoa Joe got suspended. Oh, my God, that's uh, terrible. It's like, uh, everybody's... uh, I, I don't know what to say about that. It is what it is. Well, first what? of all, I will say what can this. can I say? First of all, let me it say. Is what it is. Joe has had injury issues. Number he one. Really has. Okay, hang on. No, number two, we don't know what he failed for. We have no idea. Because people yeah. have failed for shit like Adderall in the past. Yeah, okay. Fine. In theory, I will say, in theory, maybe Samoa Joe was taking something, maybe prescribed, maybe not, to try to get back healthy. As you I, should, yeah. I'm not going to lie. And I'm saying, I don't know what it is, but unfortunately he got suspended. Steve, here's the thing. Um, looking at Joe's WWE run, yeah, is it has it been snake-bitten, and does it feel like a failure so far? It has been great, but at the same time, to be honest, I did not expect much from it. I didn't expect much. Because Samoa Joe is not exactly in his prime as a professional wrestler. You have gone back uh, 10 years or so to see Samoa Joe in his prime. So, this is where he's cashing in. He gets, he gets money, if you will. So, I don't think he's... I don't think he's flopped. I don't think he's cashed in. I don't know. It's just a bad situation for everybody involved. And I don't, I don't blame the guy for getting some money when he can. 
I don't know. No, I don't blame for that at all. And um, I, I don't want to rule him out as a complete like, failure, but uh, the run has certainly yeah. been snake-bitten between injuries, well, and it's just unfortunately not gone well for Jones. A man of his age is what it is. I, I can't knock the guy. No, so... So, very unfortunate for Joe. He'll be out of action for 30 days due to his suspension. Yeah, 30 days. He'll be out of action anyway, so that's all right. <laughs> allegedly. He allegedly had a concussion. We'll find out. But, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, those, yeah. Uh, again, those reports were out almost three weeks before he actually got suspended. WWE was denying it. And we all know that when WWE finds out about a suspension, they don't necessarily have to suspend somebody right away. Yeah. So, uh, keeping with WWE, Steve... Um, Rusev was announced for the Saudi Arabia <laughs> show uh, on Thursday. He is yeah. off the Saudi show, replaced by Rey Mysterio. There are conflicting oh. reports out there. Some say that he's off the show because he did not negotiate a new deal with WWE, and others are saying that he flat out backed out of going to Saudi Arabia, Steve. I don't think he did. I don't think he backed out of going to Saudi Arabia. I, I'm not going to lie. Rusev is all about the money. He's all about getting the cash, getting about the dollar bill, dollar bill, y'all. So I don't think that I think that if there's any problem here, this whole situation that Rusev is not going to a full-time deal. I don't think it's anything to do with Rusev not going to Saudi Arabia. The man wants money. He does. And you know, I'm a Rusev guy. I like Rusev. I like Lana. They're good people. But they want the money. They want the Money, if you will. So, I think if there's anything going on here, if that's that, that Rusev didn't agree to a long-term contract, he wants some money from Saudi Arabia. No doubt about that. Yeah, and I agree with that. I, I think that he would have went for the money, even if he was going to... Mark and I joked it. Uh, it sounded he like... He did. His... Last year, they did. He went on for Saudi Arabia for the money. Yeah. He did. But uh, he did. we had joked, uh, Mark and I, when we did the preview, because uh, Rusev was in the match then, about the, the reports were that he had signed a new contract. And we were joking that uh, he was going to get a thank you for resigning. Please come to Saudi Arabia so you can lose the truth in 30 seconds. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I I tend to believe he uh, hasn't resigned. And um, yeah. we'll see what happens. I mean, Lana has reportedly resigned for long term. It feels yeah, like he's going to Yeah, that's a weird stay. situation there. The Lana resigned for a long term deal. But yet Rusev hasn't. So it's, who knows? Who knows? And he, honestly, who cares? It's right? kind of hard to these days. As much as I like Rusev, Big Daddy Rusev, he's a good professional wrestler, but let's, who cares? He's not a he's not a guy that breaks makes or breaks business, right? No. I no, think that's safe to say. Uh, he would think that, but no, he doesn't. Well, that, that poor bastard thought the angle with Lashley was great storytelling as well, so... He really did. He got Jedi mind tricked by Vince, so. Yeah, well, you know, Vince is a smart man. So, uh, we're going to stick with WWE a little longer. Uh, something we've talked about in the past. WWE is expected to announce a new performance center in Japan within the next few months, possibly yeah. during the summer. They have already reached out to Hiroshi Hase and Antonio Noki about the possible <laughs> uh, political ramifications to try to get around that. We talked about that in the past. They were going to try to partner with uh, Pro Wrestling Noah, but Pro Wrestling Noah got sold, Steve. Do mm. you think we are actually going to see NXT Japan in 2020? Ah, <sighs> mad stuff choice. I mean, 
You know what? I mean, honestly, if they, if they really put their nub to it, if they really try to put their balls to it, if they really try to make it happen, it might happen by 2020. I still think it's 2021. but I'm actually going to say no for a couple reasons. They haven't found a dance partner yet. They haven't got around to political stuff. And number three, uh, the coronavirus stuff. That's an issue. I, I think that there may be some issues there, so I think it might, un, uh, for them, unfortunately, be delayed. Unfortunately for them, yes. <laughs> so, uh, Again, sticking with uh, WWE and people possibly leaving, there have now been talks about WWE trying to have Matt Hardy work within NXT uh, in some fashion. It's unknown if he would be a talent or a behind-the-scenes role, but it largely depends on if he decides <laughs> to stay with the company. His contract is set to expire this Sunday. There have been uh, rumors that he's AEW bound as the exalted one. WWE sh- officials have made several offers in recent weeks to try to get him to stay. Uh, the big issue has nothing to do with money. Hardy wants more creative. Here's the thing that, that I see when people want to say, oh, well, maybe Brooke and that better off in NXT. He'd be better off in Brooke and NXT. How much? Uh, how many storylines are there in NXT? Not a lot, judging by the night. Not a lot. Let's be honest. There's not a lot of storylines going on there. They have a lot of great matches. They have a lot of good matches going on. A lot of stuff going on as far as uh, working the hold, as far as that goes. But man, I just don't see where Brooke and Mary fits in with NXT. I don't see it. I've seen people try to argue. Oh well, maybe Matt Hardy be better off. You know, sign with WWE and being next to you. People, people made an argument. I, I don't see it. I just don't see it. Listen, I, off AEW. I will say this. If WWE wants to sign him for main roster money and put him in NXT as a trainer slash creative guy where he can reteam with his pal Jeremy Borash, more yeah. power to him if the brother doesn't got to work for a big payday. Sure. I will say that. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I I agree with you. I I don't necessarily see where Matt fits in in NXT these days, because the, they they do not do sports entertainment. They really, they really don't. And the thing with AEW is people are to go. Well, Matt's older and broken down, and you want him in AEW. Here's the thing, and we've talked <laughs> about this before. If he's the exalted one, first of all, Matt Hardy still has some name value. Second yep. of all, if he's the exalted one, he's not going to be wrestling a lot. No, he's going to be no, doing promos and cool videos and maybe the yeah. occasional six-man tag. Uh, minions working for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I can maybe see, depending on the storyline, like if they work something long-term, eventually somebody makes their way to the exalted one and he has a match. But yeah. he's not going to be fucking working weekly TV nah. as Absolutely. far as in-ring goes. No. Nah. And the thing is, Matt Hardy's a really creative dude. I think he wants that freedom. And I think it depends. Like I said, if they offer him main roster money to go to NXT and say, listen, we want you to help train guys and work in creative and help people with promos and you're going to make five hundred grand a year, yeah, he might take that. Because yeah. he's not going to be bumping and shit. And that's a good right. payday and good stuff for his family. But yeah. then again, maybe he wants more still. And maybe the AEW deal, which it might again might not be as fiscally um, sexy as the WWE one. Maybe no, I, maybe it is the fact that he wants to be just creative and do something yeah. cool. And again, he is friends with the Young Bucks. Yeah. 
Yes, yes. So I mean, the you bucks know, of youth, if you will, the bucks of youth. Yes. Yeah. So it'll <laughs> it'll be interesting, and uh, you know, Matt could show up uh, as soon as next week, Steve. Oh boy! So well, uh, next week after the David Faber review, yes, sir. So I mean, we'll have an answer then. So it's all uh, going to be uh, interesting. We'll find out right then. I think I think we'll find out next week what what's happening there. I agree. Um, here's an odd news note. WWE right. is already contacting former stars about making appearances during WrestleMania 36 weekend. Mm. Two names contacted are okay. fucking Brodus Clay and Cameron. <laughs> the feeling is that they may do some kind of reunion with Naomi because Naomi's expected to be in a oh, title boy. match. Yeah. All I could say is Cameron was absolutely fucking horrible when she was there. And I'm not sure you really want to bring in Brodus Clay, considering, you know, his, you know, past issues. I think I don't think, I don't think it might be his past issues. It's sort of being right-wing assholes, you know, is what it is. But, I'm talking about the yeah. alleged sexual uh, misconduct abuse. No, right? I mean, I know what you're saying. I know what you're talking about. I don't think care about that. I mean, they probably don't. They're going to Saudi Arabia, so. Yeah, that's what it is, man. I, I don't know. So to close up the news and notes, Steve, uh, uh, we have uh, some more free wrestling coming everybody's way. Ring of Honor announced that uh, they're going to debut Wild Card Wednesday, a new weekly series with members yeah. of the ROH roster being teamed up at random for tag team matches. The show will air on YouTube and Honor Club with the first matches being taped this weekend, Steve. Uh, what are your thoughts on, I mean, obviously you, you guys don't have to watch it if you're already watching a lot, but what are your thoughts on some uh, some more free YouTube wrestling? <laughs> I think we all like that. I think we're all on board with that. I think it's a good piece of business. I think if Ring of Honor wants to have more people bring a product, sounds pretty good to me. I agree. You were talking about uh, Nick, Nick Otis and Marty Scroll. Marty Scroll wants to take away all things that suck, so I think it works pretty well. Yeah, I like it. I think it's fine. I think, again, if you're offering the shit for free on YouTube, um, trying to get more people out there. It's also a good way to use some people that don't make all the TV and, sh- and uh, other shows. So, I mean, I see nothing wrong with it. And uh, you could actually, you can maybe even try to weave in some angles into it as well. So, I mean, not, not a bad idea. Huh. So, Steve Cook, that is going to bring us to AEW Dynamite, February yes. 26, 2020. We did not fuck around tonight, Steve Cook. We started no. off... They did not fuck around. No. They 30 not minute away. Iron Man Holy match. Holy shit. They went all out right away. So this was These a, motherfuckers. Yeah, they went out right away. Obviously. Kenny Omega and Pac. They went out all out right away. Okay. Pac Man. versus Kenny Omega. 30 they minute Iron Man match. Uh, Kenny Omega defeated Pac in 31 minutes as they went to an overtime. <laughs> they were tied 1 to 1 at the end of 30 minutes. <laughs> And uh, Kenny Omega won two to one, Steve. First of all, yeah. you sound like you enjoyed this match. I will say I, I did. Th- I thought this was excellent. Um, I thought they yeah. made just great use of the time. I felt it never really slowed. I thought the action overall was tremendous. It was a yes. fitting end to their feud if they choose to end it here as Kenny finally gets his yeah. uh, issues uh, with Pac kind of resolved here. Uh, the crowd was into it the entire time. Uh, they added a ton to it. I thought the drama was well executed. They did a good job of playing off of all their prior matches. Uh, the action, I thought, was really compelling. And um, 
This could have been a pay-per-view main event with ease, I thought, Steve. I yeah, love this. Yeah. And um, the other thing is they had the Young Bucks at ringside, which yeah. is interesting considering the tag title match coming up this weekend. No Adam Page around. This is a right. throwback to all of Kenny's uh, big New Japan matches where the Bucks sure. always hung out. The one thing is that the Young Bucks didn't necessarily get involved as far as interference, but there was a point where Kenny was almost counted out and Matt kind of shoved him in to help him. Which I think uh, gives Pac the out, and they can obviously rematch down the line, Steve. I love this. I thought it was fucking excellent. What did you think of our opener? There's a situation there where, you know, the Bucks helped Kenny out, where, you know, that might be something Pac might help on. You know, he might might notice that later on. It's a situation. It is a fucking great match. It felt like to me, like, Kenny Omega was, Kenny Omega was telling us, like, you know, I can still work classic New Japan for wrestling made up matches. I can still go for six or seven stars, Dave. Come on now. <laughs> you know, I think that's what this is all about. Oh, just a great match. Great stuff. And uh, how can, what can you say? How can you top that? Uh, great. And, and again, you know, obviously a lot of praise for Kenny, but uh, how good was Pac again here? He's been so he really fucking was. good he in was. AEW. He was. I love Pac. I love Pac. I really do. Just the ultimate bastard. Like when he got this qualification with chair shot, you, you are a bastard. Yes, he is. He is a bastard. He really is. And of note, the first <laughs> DQ in AEW history. There, yeah. Was, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, again, this, this was absolutely awesome. Great way to kick off the show. Tony Schiavone interviewed Pac post-match, and uh, Pac yes. wanted uh, no part, quote-unquote, of Tony trying to take the piss out of him. That's and right. uh, Orange Cassidy arrived, and uh, Pac <laughs> did not appreciate this, and he fucking laid him out. Yeah, that's why he should have, let's be honest. As much as I love Orange Cassidy, he deserved it. And this will play into something later on. Uh, Lexi tried to interview Chris Jericho, but Jake Hagar arrived. He just stood there. He was yeah. Jake Hagar, and... uh. Then close the door on her face. So no interview for young Lexi. I would. I'd give her an interview. I'm not gonna lie. I know you would. Uh, I would. <laughs> n- next up, Steve. Uh, we had a trios tag team match. The Jurassic Express defeating yeah. the Inner Circle with ten minutes when uh, Darby Allen came out and took the Mad Ball from uh, Sammy Guevara, leading to him <laughs> getting pinned. Steve, what did you think of our trios match here? It was a classic trios match. People going crazy and go nuts and whatnot. And uh, I thought it was a good finish with uh, Darby coming in and taking the knock shots. Uh, it's good stuff. I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was a really good, uh, just a fun all-out sprint. Um, a good match, for, a good win for uh, Mr. Jungle Boy, Jack Perry. Yes, yeah. sir. That's right. And uh, the finish, uh, while it advances Darby and Sammy, not my favorite, but the match I, overall I thought was just really good. Yeah. And a good good, uh, good change coming off of the 30-minute Iron Man as well. That's right. You, you, you had some guys out there to be comedic. Yes. So uh, We got what I thought was a great MJF and Cody video package setting up their feud for the match on Saturday. Yes. And then that led to... The best friends with Orange Cassidy still selling his uh, punch in the face from Pac. Defeating- as much as people want to tell me, hey, W people don't sell stuff. Oh, goddamn, they don't sell anything. They don't, they don't put moves over. Yeah, look at that. 
AEW is the worst, that. Steve. Look at that. Come on now. Look so. at that. But uh, the, the best friends defeated the Butcher and the Blade, a ten via pin. Yeah. We had interaction between the Bunny and Orange Cassidy, where she's yes. still with sunglasses. Orange Cassidy blocked a low blow, stole her bunny ears, and hit a dive wearing the bunny ears. Best friends picked up the win. Thought this was a a good and fun little change of pace tag match. And um, post match we got the big announcement: Pack versus Orange Cassidy added oh, to the yeah. pay per view on Saturday, Steve. And you know what? The main announcement I took from away from all of this from from uh, Chuck Taylor, the Kentucky gentleman. He told us that Orange Cassidy. He's going to try. And then Trent clarified, he may try. But the fans were like, he's going to try. <laughs> he's going to try. It's fucking fantastic. Come on. That's that great. <laughs> There's a lot of people I saw already writing this one off. And I'll tell you why this one works, okay? You mentioned earlier, Pac is a fucking shithead bastard. He really is. Orange he Cassidy really is. is wildly over as a baby face. Yes. So even if this isn't a five-star fucking classic, this match is going to be over with the AEW crowd. Absolutely. No doubt. So. Good. Yeah. And, I know uh, we all care about the five-star matches with these people, with Dave and those guys. Yeah. Well, listen, man, I love great wrestling as much as the next guy, but you also, certain matches are going to be certain matches sometimes. I just and, want a story, man. That's yeah. all I care about. Give me a story. Exactly, and that, that's part of the match, though, is the story, man. So, exactly. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had a four-way women's match, uh, kind of a positioning match. Big Swole, Shauna, yeah. Hikaru Shida, and Yuka Sakazaki. Yes. Hikaru Shida won the match at 9.30 via pin. Steve, what did you think of our four-way women's match? Very happy about Shida getting pinned there because I thought she was the most deserving winner in that match. And there's been some... Uh, there's been a discrepancy about the storytelling and the graphic, if you will, and all stuff going on, but I thought she was the right winner there. Is all I care about there. What do you think of the match? Oh, yeah, I like Sheeta. Good match, bad match, what do you think? I thought it was fine. It was fine. It, it worked for the time it had. Yeah, I thought it was a good little match for the time that they had, and um, I was actually surprised that Sheeta won because it felt that after last week they were setting up Big Swole for this. Yeah. And um, I don't necessarily hate that, though, because, I mean, sometimes predictability is good. But, I mean, I also... I think th- that uh, Sheeta would have a better match with uh, Nile Lairs than uh, uh, Big Swole would. I, I agree with that, actually, too. Yeah. That's the other thing. But uh, I kind of like the surprise winner there. I thought that was uh, cool, so... We then got a Dark Order uh, promo backstage. They yeah. announced that they are facing Scorpio Sky and Kazarian at the pay-per-view, so that's another match added. And they closed by saying that Christopher Daniels will become obsolete, Steve. Oh, obsolete? I don't know what that means. Wonderful, Steve. I'm the wonderful. <laughs> to delete, 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 delete. Delete, delete, possibly. So that is uh, another Matt Hardy tease. Possibly. We'll see, I guess. Well, it's a tease. Never... I'm not saying it's him. It's just uh, we've had a lot of teases because you had the Raven appearance. It might be Raven teasing it. You don't know. You know, you got Lance Archer coming in. I mean, there's still the Everybody speculation dies. that... Uh, still Everybody the speculation dies. that the whole thing is a swerve and it's Daniels. And then you have the Matt Maybe. Hardy thing. And it's uh, very interesting. I, I like how they're they're not making it obvious, but they're giving you a lot of 
viable contenders for it to be the exalted one. If you will, yes. If you will, brother. So next up, we had Jim Ross doing a sit-down interview with the Bucks of Youth, Kenny uh, Omega and Adam Page. Yes. They talked about the growth of AEW, and Matt was surprised that Kenny and Page won the championships because they thought it would be them, but they're proud of their friends. Kenny said uh, they won the titles because they were in the right place at the right time. They turned into a top-tier tag team. Adam Page was annoyed through all this and drinking. JR asked him why he was so uncomfortable in his seat. Uh, (laughs) Nick says that uh, they care about Page, and they questioned why he had to bring a drink to the interview. (laughs) And then Matt says, uh, Kenny and Page know everything about them, and they love them. They're competitors. They're coming for the titles. They've been called the best. They've lost sleep over not being the champions. They will still be the elite following the match. And Page says, he's like, I didn't want to be in the elite. I tried to leave the elite. You guys didn't um, listen to me. Matt and Nick fucking snapped. They were insulted. We made you a star. You were a jobber in ROH before we brought you into the Bullet Club. Page got pissed off and left. And uh, these JR interviews continue to be really good. I really enjoy them. I think they're a great storytelling tool. And um, good stuff, dude. Loved it. And honestly, Hangman Page is in the right place here. He's the right person here. He's, uh, you know, I mean, he's been honest all the way through. And people try, people like the young bucks when I try to put, place him in, the, in their spots, like, ah, uh, you know, he knows what he's doing. So, uh, Page's a good guy. Adam Page's lower third during the interview this week read, quote, for the love of God, give me a lower third this week, even if it's just for one frame. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> So I like that. Uh, they announced Lance week uh, next week. Lance Archer will debut, and we closed our show, Steve, with the Chris Jericho John Moxley weigh in. The inner <laughs> circle was out wearing tracksuits to accompany Jericho. Yes. They did the little Gracie train to the ring, and then they busted out Gary Michael Capetta to wow. MC the segment, and that That's was a nice H- throwback. Yeah. Um, I was not expecting that. I'll tell you, I was not expecting that. So the one thing is I do like them uh, breaking the mold and going with the the weigh-in as opposed to the usual contract signing. Um, I do think that's different. Adds a little uh, change to things. I always appreciate that. Excuse me. Uh, You can't always reinvent the wheel, but it's okay to change things up sometimes. Uh, Jericho stalled. He mocked uh, Gary Michael Capetta, joking that he's one of the reasons WCW went out of business. I'm not sure. To be honest with you, I'm not sure Gary Michael Capetta debuted at the same time Chris Jericho was there. I don't know, but it was. You know, it's I don't Jericho. think I ever left. To be honest with you, I don't it's, think it's Jericho's true. a delusional heel, man. He does what he does. I know. I, I'm not. I'm not. Den- I, I'm fine with it. I'm just saying. It's like, so, yeah. So Jericho decreed that he gets to go last because he's the champion. Moxley weighed in 234 pounds. Jericho stalled, talked a bunch of shit, told Kansas City to shut up, shut its ass, and he called the place That's a right. piece of shit. Yeah. Moxley attacked and busted open Jericho on the nose. Yeah, the inner circle attacked him. Dustin Rhodes arrived. He took out Jake Hager. They brawled through the crowd into the concourse, into the fucking Dippin' Dots again. Darby, oh, my God. Darby Allen arrived to try to make the save, but Sammy Guevara cut him off, laid him out with a skateboard. 
Jericho and Moxley brawled until uh, Ortiz low blowed Moxley. Jericho laid him out with the Judas effect and then hit dirty deeds onto the scale as the Ugh. inner circle stood tall to close our show, Steve. Yeah, as well as they should have ended in pay-per-view on Saturday night, the AW Revolution. A lot of big matches going on there, so I understand what they're doing. Good stuff. Yeah, Really enjoyed the closing segment. Uh, again, you... Uh, not only advanced uh, Jericho and Moxley, but you also advanced uh, Sammy and Darby and Hagar and Dustin. So, you know, getting over multiple feuds in the closing angle of the show, I thought was a good piece of business. Time to argue with that. So that is AEW, which means it is time to move on to NXT. Also, yeah. February 26, 2020, Steve. We started off Cameron Grimes versus Dominic Dijakovic. Huh. At the end of the match, Dijakovic had tweaked his knee. Damian Priest arrived with a retractable nightstick, took out his knee shot, which a allowed retractable nightstick. Oh yes, goodness! Which allowed yes. Cameron Grimes to steal the win with the cave in Steve. Yeah, twelve forty via pin. What did you think of the match? An angle? Oh gosh, I uh, you know it's uh, it's a good angle. I know it's getting Cameron Grimes over. I know, I know you're a big fan, of Cameron Grimes, and a lot of people are. I have not yet seen the appeal there. A lot of people do, so I think it works out well for everybody involved, uh, except for Dominic Dijakovic, which at the same time it's like you need somebody else to face Keith Lee, which I think that Keanu Cameron Grimes would be a good guy to do that. Yeah, it kind of feels like they're uh, moving towards a multi-man match with Keith Lee. Yeah, um, maybe multi-man match or, yeah, yeah, probably. Which I think is probably better than going right back to Dajako because you can go back to it yeah. later. I just don't want to go back to it right away, even though it's probably going to be great. Um, I thought the match was good. They worked really hard. I'm not a huge fan of the finish because NXT is kind of, there's been a lot of sketchy finishes being brought into NXT as of late. And, um, and it happened more in the show. <laughs> so not a big fan of that. Uh William Regal announced that next week uh, there will be a tournament starting for the women. The two finalists will compete in a number one contender ladders match at uh, TakeOver Tampa on WrestleMania. The number one contender ladders match. Okay. Okay. Setting up the big women's match for the weekend with the lack of um, NXT women's title match. So that that makes sense. We kind of speculated on that. Got to do something. Exactly. Finn Balor arrived, talked about not being a moves guy or a stooge to the office. Really? Well, that's what really he said. on both. Let's be <laughs> so he, he, Really on both. Okay. He All said right. when the bell rings, he is the guy. He builds brands like okay. Japan, Mexico. He was the IC and Universal and NXT champion. All right. He's not trying to peak for Mania season because he has been at his peak for 20 years. So what's next okay. for him? Well, he was interrupted by Imperium's Fabian Eichner and Marcel Barthel. <laughs> Barthel says they're here. Uh, there is something Balor hasn't done, and that's to be NXT UK champion. And that Walter sends his regards because, as we all know, Steve, Walter is a kind gentleman. <laughs> yes, he is. Unfortunately, Finn Balor is not a kind gentleman because he attacked these two lovely uh, European gentlemen. And Good then guys. he got his ass beat for it. Yeah. So, so we're building up the Finn Balor Walter match. Yeah, I assume is what we're doing, and, uh, which sounds freaking awesome. Yeah, I'm I, not gonna I'm lie, okay I love that. that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the. I'm okay with the eventual match. You know, I, that, I'm wondering good. if they're gonna do that at the Dublin show or if that's Mania weekend. That should be Mania weekend, I would think. 
But I could be wrong. Hey, yeah. either way, um, either way, it sounds fucking awesome to me. That's so. be a good match uh, at some point. So yeah, uh, Bianca cut a promo saying she was going to give Charlotte the whole EST tonight and beat her ass because she don't go here. Okay. This led to uh, Mia Yim versus Zia Lee. Yeah, Zia which Lee. I called one of your personal dream matches. Sure. You're um, a big fan of uh, Zia Lee and Mia Yim, right? I am. Yes. Yeah. So uh, they were having a match. It was a short match. It was perfectly fine for the two minutes and 40 seconds given to them. Uh, <laughs> uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai arrived. They distracted um, Mia Yim, which allowed Zia Lee to cradle her for the win. Pfft, yeah. Shit finish. It, it was, it was. Yeah. It was short. It was fine. The Dakota Kai promo made sense because they're playing off the history with um, Mia Yim and the beatdown played well. Just, um,. Not a fan of these finishes, man, which led to post-match for uh, Raquel Gonzalez kicking the shit out of me and Zia and leaving with her yeah, new DFS. Yeah, it was pretty flat. It was yeah. pretty flat to me, to be honest with you. Just kind of was what it was. It was there. So, Velveteen, you know, yeah, Raquel Gonzalez is apparently the future of women's wrestling business, apparently. Uh, no, don't think so. Okay. So, that's anyway. what be it. That's trying to tell yeah. We went backstage to Velveteen Dream cutting a promo in front of Amira. He talked about beating Roderick Strong last week, said it wasn't yeah. enough because they broke his back. He wants everything, and he wants Roderick Strong to experience the steel cage. And we're going to talk about that more later, trust me. All right. Tommaso Ciampa defeating Austin Theory was up next, 1240 via pin. Steve, what did you think of this match? Very good match, I thought. Uh, I enjoy Austin Theory in particular. I think he's a good guy. He has a lot to add to business. I, uh, you know, I, he was given a good spot here, and I thought he did the best he could, could do with it. And uh, I want more, more, more people to sting along the time as you have a sting. It was on sound. The theme song, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I thought it was a good match. I thought it was honestly the best match on the NXT show tonight. Wasn't uh, great by any means, but I thought it was good. I thought it's theory, a good story. Yeah. yeah, theory got some time to shine. It played well off of last week, and then you got the big post match angle where Johnny Gargano attacked and laid out Ciampa to stand tall and continue their feud. So overall, the, the a good Johnny piece Gargano was he doing there? What's going on there with that guy? He was wearing a lovely powder blue jacket. What? What was that? Out of the good Vince Lord. McMahon collection. Maybe he stole yeah. that when he was visiting the WWE warehouse. Possibly so. It was a good look. Not gonna lie. Yeah, but uh, I thought that was a good good match and a good segment. It you know played off of last week, advanced the Gargano Ciampa angle, so good stuff. That led to an undisputed era promo. Strong says he agrees to a cage match with uh, Velveteen Dream next week. Bobby Fish made fun of Pete Dune for having a stupid name and Matt Riddle Pete for having Dune. a stupid face. That's right. Says they got lucky at TakeOver. Kyle puts uh, over him and Bobby, while Adam Cole says they're going to win all their titles back soon and remain the most dominant faction in NXT. Pretty status quo promo from Undisputed Era. Yeah, Nothing very, wrong with very, it, but... very, very status quo, yes. So. Next up, uh, Killian Dane returned, defeating Bronson Reed, 6-15 via pin. So it was eh. a pretty good little Haas fight. Dane getting back on the winning track. Uh, didn't have a chance to be any more, though. Needed a little more time. A little Haas fight. Is all we can say about that. Yeah. A little Haas fight. We got a Broserweights video package because they weren't on the show tonight. Right. They were busy taking on the the one guy you're telling me about. 
Yeah, they were taking on uh, Shane Thorne and uh, Dorian. Shane Thorne and the other guy, yeah. He's a fucking geek and he sucks. Those guys, they were busy with that. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, buddy. So, next up, Steve, a main event anywhere in the country. The Grizzled uh. Young Veterans facing off with the Forgotten Sons. The Grizzled Young Veterans won at 13.05 via pin, Steve. What did you think? I had nothing to say about that. <laughs> I had nothing to say other than the Grizzled Young Veterans ones. That the Grizzled Young Veterans got the, they got the Duke, as they should have. That's all I got to say about it. I thought it was a really solid tag match. I thought it went a little too long. The Grizzled Young Veterans can be really good, but they need quality dance partners. And the Forgotten Sons aren't that because they're a glorified WCW Saturday Night Special Team. Oh, whoa. Uh, you know, they honestly are. I mean, the match isn't bad at all. It had, like, no juice or energy to it for me. And also, trying to force the sons of, uh, the, the Forgotten Sons as the big American baby is kind of out of nowhere. It just doesn't really work after them being uh, forgettable shitty heels. No, it didn't work. No, it didn't. Tegan Knox cut a promo hyping up her cage match with Dakota Kai next week. Yeah. We got a weird video package showing uh, quick clips and uh, teasing an apocalypse. Lots of speculation that might be Killer Cross, but there's also speculation that the SmackDown videos are him as well. So we Lots will find out. Lots of speculation surrounding Killer Cross these days. We all know. Yeah. Uh, Damian Priest cut a promo saying his attack on Dijakovic was not personal. It was just that Dijakovic was in the way of what he wants. Short to the point made sense. Then they announced for next week, Steve, Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox in our steel cage match, which we knew about. Yeah. And Roderick Strong versus Velveteen Dream, also in a steel cage match. Yeah. Now, um, let me clarify something. Um, they both have potential to be really good matches. I find this to be colossally fucking stupid. Yeah. Why are you going to burn two cage matches on one show when you can spread them out as main events over two weeks. To me, Steve, I don't know about you. This screams like a desperation move for ratings. It is. It really is. And I know, I know response other than that. It's bad ratings. That's all there is. I can't, I have no other explanation for it. If I thought of something better, I would have, but I can't. It's uh, that's what it is. What it is. It feels desperate. I think it's a big mistake. They should have spread yeah. it out over two weeks. They should have built other stuff up for the undercard. It's just, uh, yeah, not a big fan of them running the two cage match. And then again, you know what? They may be very good, Steve. But I also think it's uh, kind of diminishing returns, as we talked about when yep. we uh, recently They could be reviewed. great classic matches, but again, diminishing returns, yeah. And we talked about that because we recently did a retro review of uh, TNA Lockdown 2009. Yeah, which everybody wants to do now, apparently. Yeah, we we inspired Joss Alexander and Impact to do it on their little watch along tonight, so you're welcome. Did they give us a shout out at least? Or I don't something? know. They should have. If it was Ethan Page, we might have. I think Ethan likes me, so I don't there know about go. Josh. There you go. So hard. He, he's he's a tough guy to read. So <laughs> main event of the evening: Lady Big Dog Charlotte facing off with Bianca Belair. Yeah. Charlotte, of course, won at 12.05 via pin. Steve, what did you think of our main event match? You're talking about two of the greatest athletes in WWE right now, whether it's Charlotte Flair, whether it's Bianca Belair. Two of the greatest athletes right there, and they went at it. And it was good to see. 
And uh, I'm not surprised Charlotte went over because as well as she, she should have, to be honest with you, is what is there. But so that Bianca got a look in process. I thought it ended up being good, but quite honestly, I also found it to be a little disappointing. Um, I just, I expected more out of both of them. Um, you know, Charlotte's made obviously in her position, but Charlotte, while she steps up and delivers a lot of great matches on pay-per-view, she also kind of works a very lackadaisical TV style. Could be. Yeah. I, I thought this was a match where Bianca could have shined, but number one, it wasn't really mm-hmm. booked or laid out for her to do so in any way. And she kind of really needed to since she's frozen out of the mania picture. I mean, Charlotte, again, is bulletproof. So yeah. allowing Bianca to really shine here wouldn't hurt her at all because Charlotte's always going to win clean. And secondly, I thought Bianca felt kind of off in this match. There were some weird spots, weird transitions, and uh, I didn't really think she stepped up all that well either. So it uh, disappointing to me. Don't disagree there. I mean, we know that uh, Charlotte's going to get the win, and Bianca might have been a little, you know, she might have been a little dis, disen, disengaged there based off, based off that, to be honest with you. So then post-match, Rhea Ripley arrived as Charlotte pilmanized Bianca's ankle, yeah. locked her into figure eight, and Rhea made sure to do her full entrance so Charlotte could escape unscathed. And um, <laughs> that was a choice to close the show. That's a choice to close the show. Yes, it was. <laughs> Good or bad, we don't know, but it was definitely a choice to close the show. Yes, it was. It just, oh, yeah, I mean... I don't know, man. It, it's just, I watched that angle and I'm like, okay, so Rhea's kind of a bitch You're now? You're waiting for something, right? Yeah, it's like Rhea just came off as kind of a bitch. Like, yeah, Charlotte's here invading our territory and uh, I don't care that she probably broke this chick's leg. It's, uh, you know, I'll see you later. You can run away. Yeah. So it's uh, definitely a choice to close the show. Uh, not one I would have made. I'm not saying they need to start brawling right away because we still have weeks till Mania, but um, something else. Yeah, I I get you. Is what it is, man. So that's gonna lead us to uh, the kind of the head-to-head comparison for the night, Steve. And I'm gonna start off if you don't mind. Go ahead. You know, I thought the last two weeks of Dynamite had been really great in focus TV. Really enjoyed them. Really thought they were hitting a stride. But in all honesty, I think this week's was even a bit better. This was a pay-per-view go-home show that felt like a big-time pay-per-view go-home show with a pay-per-view quality Iron Man match, more matches made for the pay-per-view, more build to the matches, a lot of good wrestling, and just the overall feeling that AEW is peaking at the right time. And um, I love this show. Um... It was an insanely fast two hours. I mean, it felt like it ended before it even really got going. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm generally excited for a pay-per-view anyway, but uh, this actually made me more hyped for a pay-per-view. And it's nice to see in 2020, Steve, that some people actually know what a go-home show is. Yeah, right. Um, NXT was what I would call a solid show, but I'm not going to lie, the NXT product feels really cold right now and over the last two few weeks man it feels like something's just really off you get these 
some odd booking choices, some odd finishes. I don't like booking the two steel cage matches for next week. Again, you can get two weeks of main events out of that. The wrestling's all solid to good, but nothing is really clicking or wowing me. And honestly, the one thing I really loved about this show, in all honesty, was setting up Walter and Finn Balor. Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, that's kind of about it. Yeah, it's not, not a great thing to be excited about as far as the whole brand goes. You, you'd like to be, there, for there to be more things to be excited about, but that's what they set up is what it is. You know, and right. I think a lot of weeks that these shows are close in quality, but uh, I think this week, I mean, we talked about it, I think, last week as well. I think AEW just fucking smoked them this week. Yeah, and I'm with you on that, to be honest with you. I mean, once they let off with the Iron Man match, like, oh, man. Was, the funny yeah. the funny thing is, is I'll see NXT starting as I'm reviewing AEW, and they'll start with, like, the most random thing, and I start seeing tweets, NXT's out to bury AEW early with the Undisputed Era cutting a promo, and it's like... That's right. Okay, yeah. I'm like, that's, that's cool if that's what you think. I mean, I'm not, you know, it's personal taste, but, uh... I mean, fucking AEW came out with the cannons loaded this week. They did. I mean, they were fucking unleashing the arsenal with that Iron Man match. And just, I don't know, Steve, I don't know if you fully agree, but it just feels like AEW since the beginning of the year has been on a real upturn and that they're really peaking at the right time. And here's what I want to ask you is all of the AEW pay-per-views have done a hundred thousand buys. Right. This show has been really hot. Definitely the last three weeks, but pretty much since the beginning of the year, it's been at least really good to great and even bordering on like excellent tonight. What are you thinking this weekend? Are we going to stay at like a hundred or are we going to start peaking above that to closer uh, to 120, 130 maybe? What are you thinking? I think, about, I think it's going to be about the same as usual, to be honest with you. Okay. About the same. I'm not knocking what they've been doing. I think it's been pretty fantastic. I'm interested in a lot, a lot of matches, matches of building, but at the same time, it's like, eh, I think about the same. About the same. I think they're going to peak a bit following this run of TV. I hope so. I, I'm not saying right. that they're going to like rock like 450,000 buys or anything. I, I think that they could probably, um, I'm, I'm thinking between 120 and 130 is pretty reasonable. Um, and again, I mean, if they if they only stick it around a hundred, you're still doing a hundred thousand pay per buys in an era where wrestling pay per views have been completely devalued and cannibalized. Yep. So that is nothing to sneeze at. But I mean, I think there's definitely a chance for some improvement here, and I would not be surprised to see a jump. Uh, we'll find out what happens. But speaking of AEW Revolution, Steve, that takes place yeah. on Saturday night. We have to preview this pay per view. All right. And we're going to start off a match announced on Dynamite tonight, Steve. The Dark Order facing off with SCU, Scorpio Sky, and Frankie Kazan. Mm. Oh, a lot, a lot of uh, potential business going on there. I mean, you, you wonder about Christopher Daniels. What side is he on? He might be on Dark Order side. He might not might not be on Dark Order side. Tough to say. But uh, wh- whichever side he's on, I think the Dark Order is be the favorites here. Yeah, and I think Dark Order kind of has to win this because it feels like the reveal is coming up, whether it's Matt Hardy or not, sooner rather than later. I think the Dark Order needs to win, and I think there there's probably going to be 
an angle during the match involving Daniels, which is going to lead to more speculation on him. And to be clear, this is Dark Order. It's Grayson and Uno. It's not the Geeks. No, yeah. no, no disrespect to uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds, geeks, who are a really yeah. good tag team, but this is the main Dark Order team versus the former tag team champions. Obviously, it has potential to be a really good match. I do expect some kind of big story here. I don't think we get the exalt- exalted one unless it's not Matt Hardy. Because if it's not Matt, we could see it on this show for sure. But yeah. um, I think we probably see that on uh, Dynamite the next, uh, the following after the pay per view. Yeah. So uh, the other match that was announced on um, the the uh, show tonight, Pack facing off with your pal Steve Orange Cassidy. Yeah, I mean, we know Orange get he's gonna try. He's gonna try. He might. He's try. gonna try. He might try. Okay, which one takes that? Orange Cassidy will kick, will kick this man's ass. Is what I'm saying here. That's right. I'm picking him. You pick whip it, it that. He'll picking whip it Orange that Cassidy, ass. seriously? Yeah, I sure am. Okay. He'll kick, he'll kick the ass. That's All right. right. Um, I, I I don't like completely roll it out, especially because <laughs> we could have a DQ finish. But uh, I'm going pack yeah. here because he's okay. coming off the loss to Kenny Omega. And I think you want to keep him hot. And the other thing is Orange Cassidy is just always going to be over. Yeah. So. Fair point. So getting into the established matches, we're going to start off Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara. And this is, to me, a really interesting match featuring two of AEW's future stars and uh, these guys. Uh, Sammy has acclimated so well to TV so far. He's been really great as part of the inner circle. Darby, much the same. He's gotten over big, and he's he's this kind of wild cross between like a Mikey Rip- Whippick and Mick Foley at this point. He has that underdog status, but he also takes, like, the Foley-esque punishment. Um, I think both guys have been really impressive so far, and they're going to be looking to deliver on pay-per-view. It's a big opportunity for them. They've faced off several times on the Indies, so they do know each other. Uh, You know, Darby's got to look good against Jericho. Sammy's got to look good against Kobe. Uh, Cody, they set up the angle well with uh, Sammy injuring Darby's neck with the skateboard. Yeah. I think both guys are really good. They still have a world of potential to grow and get even better. And um, I think they're going to, I mean, I'm not saying they are, but they're going to try to steal the show because these guys are really good. And it's a match where you can make an argument for either guy to win here, and I'm not going to disagree. I won't be surprised if Sammy wins, but I'm actually going to go with Darby taking the win in this one. Sure. Sure, why not? Because the man needs to win. I mean, he the Darby Allen is a man who gets the Red Warrior pop, right? That's right. Red Warrior pop, it's crazy. So I, I could see him getting the win easily for here. It's a lot of good stuff here with these guys. I like it. Yeah, match with a ton of potential on paper, man. Uh, yeah, on, on paper. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Dustin Rhodes versus Jake Hagar, and Steve, the one thing I want to say is you know, the longevity of Dustin Rhodes still continues to amaze me. I mean, yes. the man looks great. He's obviously still a tremendous worker. Mm. He's a great asset for AEW because he's a sounding board for creative. He can work with the younger guys, not only as an agent, but still in the ring. Something we've talked about that WWE lacks at times because they used to have Gold Duster on. They used to have Fit Finley around and... You remember when they brought Lashley up, the first thing they did was put him on the road for six months with Fit Finley. Yeah. And then his first program with Fit. So, I mean, yeah. you had these veteran guys around, and it was really helpful. So, 
You know, Jake Hager, I'm going to be honest with you, is a guy that I wasn't thrilled when AEW signed him. Um, it had nothing to do with him being a former WWE guy. It's the fact that everything I saw of him in his post-WWE run was generally shit. Wasn't good. I mean, he's been good in his role as the inner circle's heavy. He finally steps into the ring, and the good news is the match makes sense because Hagar broke Dustin's arm, Dustin wants revenge, and I think the best news is Dustin is really damn good still. And he's going to have a great shot at making Hagar look good here. Not saying they're going to have a great match by any means. I mean, I think it can be good. And um, I think Hagar should take the win here because it's debut. Dustin has his name. He's always going to be over. He can afford the loss. I don't have a ton of faith in Hagar, but I have a lot of faith in Dustin and think he can get something good out of him. I don't know how good, though. We're going to find out Saturday night, though. So I'm going Jake Hagar for the win, Steve. Oh, Jake Hagar can get the winner of Dustin. He's going to knock him out, right, Shane? going to low blow him again. He's going to low blow the man. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I don't know about all that, but uh, I see what you're saying. I think Jake Hagar needs to win here more. I don't think Dustin needs to win any match, to be honest with you. No, he doesn't need to win here at all. Like I said, he has a name. He's still over. It's not going to hurt him at all. Like, they use him on Dark, and he picks up wins on Dark and stuff, and he can, you know, appear on TV and do, like, multi-mans and stuff. He doesn't need to be picking up singles wins over, theoretically, guys you view as a star. Like Jake Hagar, man. He's a low-blow master, if you will. He really is. So, uh, we're going to go to our first title match of the evening, the Women's Championship match, Nyla Rose, defending against everybody's favorite alien, Chris Statlander, Steve. Yeah. What are you thinking on this one? I mean, that's a a tough one call right there because those two girls have been pushed pretty heavily early on. Nyla Rose, eventually became one champion. Chris Statlander is still being an alien. It's it's a 50-50 matchup call. I think you keep telling Nyla Rose, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, you know, Nyla finally dethroned Riho. Uh, you know, Statlander stepped up to get the title shot. And I think we, we were in, we've been in agreement, Steve. Uh, in 2020, the AEW Women's Division has started to find a groove. It's been an improvement over the early days. Had some good matches, better booking. The rise of Britt Baker is a really fun heel. Uh, it felt like they were teasing the triple threat here, and I'm glad that they didn't go with that. No need to overbook yeah. the show with a bunch of triple threats, which is something, again, I noticed on this card as opposed to their early pay-per-views and specials. We're not getting a lot of three-way and four-way stuff, which I appreciate because not everybody needs to be or deserves to make the card. That's right. So, That's I mean, right. you can make the argument that Nyla Rose losing so soon would be just way too soon. But on the other hand, you look at Statlander possibly winning. Would make sense if they the end game is to get the Britt Baker as the champion sooner rather than later. Because Statlander's the babyface, and I don't think they're going to run Britt Baker and Nyla Rose. Probably not. Probably so not. I wouldn't be surprised with either one winning. I agree with you, though. I think um, Nyla Rose will retain. I don't think they're going to drop the title off for so soon. But you never know. Like I said, if if Britt Baker sooner rather than later is the plan, Statlander winning makes sense. Yeah. But uh, we'll find out. 
Tag Team Championship, Steve. Champions Hangman Page and Kenneth <laughs> Omega defending against the Young Bucks. And really interesting one here. You know, the Bucks are the EVPs, and they decided early on that they weren't going to strap themselves up. They were going to try to work with a lot of other teams, help get people over. Kenny's been kind of in that same boat where he didn't want to step up right away and be in like the main event scene and quote unquote be the best bout machine. Yeah. And then you have Adam Page, who, you know, not an EVP. He got the early push to the championship match and failed. He had good matches, but he wasn't really over at the beginning. Oh, and then boy. they started that whole, he was going to leave the elite thing. He developed a drinking problem. And then all of a sudden, him and Cowboy shit got over. Him and Kenny became a tag team, and they're the tag team champions. I mean, it's all worked out extremely well for Adam Page, and all things considered. Uh, he and Kenny have been a great team. Page, again, is just, he's over right now. And um, I kind of like him just um, being a dick gloating to the Bucks about winning the championships before yeah. them. Good stuff. And the funny thing is there are some people complaining about this match. They're claiming that there's no real build to it, that the stable shouldn't be fighting. But theoretically... Oh, there's been a lot of build to it if you watch this goddamn show. Exactly. Yeah. But theoretically, they're not exactly a stable because Paige yeah. has won it out for months. That's right. And obviously the tease all along has been the Adam Page heel turn. But he's gotten yep. over so much, Steve. I don't think that's going to be the plan anymore. I'd be, like, really well, surprised. No. They might still make the turn, but it's not going to be a hill turn. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. So, I mean, so you got this tag title match here, Steve. I'm really torn on this one. Who do you have winning? Oh, I I, I got to go with the Hangman. I got with Hangman and... Uh, Hangman and K Omega. That's what I like to see. I want to see that team I'm, win. I'm kind of thinking they're going to retain, although it will be interesting to see that um, the thing is, if they lose, the big angle could be Paige snapping on Kenny because Kenny was, quote-unquote, too hurt after the Iron Man match with Pac. Okay. So I mean, you could do that. That's I mean, a... I don't, I don't know. I mean, I could go either way on this one. I'm kind of thinking the champions retain, but I'm, again, I'm not a hundred percent on this one at all. I still have a little more thinking to do before I lock in my picks. I think I'm going to go with the champions retaining, but again, I'm not sold yet. Hmm. It's a, it's a tough call. It's a tough call. I'm not gonna lie. Tough way to go either way. So. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure like what what I would do either. To be honest with you, it's a fifty-fifty coin toss. Yeah. So next up is uh, the most personal match on this pay-per-view: MJF facing off with Cody and Steve. I don't know about you, but I've absolutely adored this angle from the initial friendship, the teases and speculations of MJF turning, the night he finally screwed Cody out of the title and any future title shots. The follow-up promos, the lashing angle, the cage match with the Wardlow. I think it's all played out as close to perfectly as you could hope. Everybody hates MJF. Everybody loves Cody. And MJF is a dude that has been on the radar for a long time, gaining praise for his work as a heel, his potential as a big-time star. Cody's AEW stuff has been my favorite run of his career right now. 
he maximizes all of his positive. He's dropped the circus act of all the bullshit like in Ring of Honor. And he's become one of the best baby faces in wrestling. And the best part is, is, you know, this has been an excellent professional wrestling build. I love it. And he has an excellent heel to play off because the fans loathe MJF right now. They want Cody to beat his ass. It's a clear heel versus babyface dynamic in the purest way possible. And the scariest thing is that MJF is like 23. Mm. The dude has shown great heel instincts early in his career, including his MLW run. AEW obviously has big plans for him. And this match is, quite honestly, this is his big moment. Not just in terms of winning, but to deliver a big-time match on pay-per-view where him and Cody are going to be a big part of the draw for this show. Yeah. The the stage is set for MJF to become a star. The play's written and all he has to do is deliver in his performance. Mm. I mean, Cody's made a lot of the young guys look great. He had a classic with his brother last year. He's personally behind MJF a lot. He's going to do everything in his power to make MJF a star. And all MJF has to do is step up and deliver that big performance that for as much as he's been great in terms of promos and everything, he's never really, to me, had that great signature match yet. And I really think, I hope he gets it here, and I think he does. he needs it here because... If he does, they, they're cementing him as a top star for the company for years to come. And mm. he's he's going to win here. He has to win. Cody can't fucking beat him. Yeah. That it? I hear what you're saying there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a, a situation with whichever way it goes. And I think that you keep the titles on... Page and Hangman because I like that team. I like where they're going. Tough situation with the Bucks, but I think he keeps out on these guys, is what I think. And what about MJF and Cody? Good old MJF and Cody. It's going to be, uh, oh gosh. That's a tough situation where they're going to go crazy. They're going to go all balls out. But at the end of the day, I think that. Uh, the money is in NGF getting his hand raised in a chicanery situation. Yeah, he, he just has to win, dude. It's just it, it's set up perfectly. And I think if he wins and he has a great showing, you're making a star for years to come. Yep. So, and that leads us to the main event of the evening, Steve. Yeah. Le Champion Chris Jericho facing off with John Moxley. What are you thinking of our main event? Oh gosh, it's uh good thing I, I was waiting I really wanna see uh I want to see what Kit Jericho's weight was before making the prediction here, to be honest with you. He's playing mind games so Moxley can't game plan for him. Oh uh, boy. I don't know. Bad situation there, but uh it's tough to pick against Les Champion. As much as you know, as much as the bill has been here for John Moxley, as much stuff has gone on. I just think that's tough to pick against Chris Jericho. You know, what I've really loved about this feud is it's simplicity. They haven't tried to reinvent the wheel. Jericho's a great heel champion. Moxley has been the tremendously fun anti-hero that's caught fire. He earned his way to a championship match. 
Jericho, of course, did everything in his power to try to get out of a possible match, including trying to bribe him with the uh, inner circle and the brand new car. Moxley, of course, was too smart for him, faked him out, stole the car, which led to Jericho retaliating, stabbing his fucking eye, Dusty Rhodes and Road Warrior style, with a spike, which I loved. I love a good throwback angle, and I've really enjoyed this feud. I, I think it's been really well done. Both guys feel like big stars. This feels like a properly built big-time main event to me. And, you know, you're kind of going with Jericho, and that's the hard thing because on one hand, you can argue it feels too soon to take the title off Jericho. He's been great. He's been a draw on pay-per-view at the gate, and he's been good in the ratings. But at the same time, Moxley has been so good. He's hot. He's been built up so well. That I feel if you don't pull the switch now, it may come off like a big missed opportunity. I'm not going to be surprised with either result, but if Moxley loses, they better have some kind of fucking spectacular angle planned for that. Because it just can't be Jericho winning clean or some kind of bullshit interference. You have to do something spectacular if Moxley isn't going to win. I think Moxley is going to win, actually. I'm going to go with that, but... uh. I'm not going to be surprised either way, man. It, it's There's a lot of hard calls on this pay-per-view, and I kind of really dig that because I preview a lot of shows, and so many times, so many things just feel so easy to call, and then they end up being exactly what you thought. And that isn't always bad because sometimes the predictable thing is the right thing to do. But I just, I don't know. I think you might miss an opportunity if you don't strap up Moxley here, Steve. You're right, 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 right. Just let the guy roll. Let the guy take the stuff going on. Let him kick some ass, take the names. I like it. I would like that. I'd be all about it. So you're switching your pick from Jericho then? No, I'm not. <laughs> no, Jericho's still going to win. I, I would love for Moxley to win, but it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. All right, well, that is going to wrap up the AEW Revolution preview. Uh, I will, of course, have live coverage of the show Saturday night. Following the show, I'll be joined by Mark Radlich. We're going to review WWE Super Showdown and AEW Revolution for you. And uh, then Steve and I will be back uh, next week in our regularly scheduled time. So that is going to wrap us up for the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. You can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, the 411mania.com website, any major podcasting platform. Please make sure to subscribe and share our subscribe to our show, share us around on social media, and if you have time, leave us a five-star review on the podcasting platform of your choosing. Until next time, happy wrestling everybody. <laughs>